Next on BYU Sports Nation, if some Longy is good, Mo Longy is better. Big Mo has become maybe the biggest story in football camp for multiple reasons. We go two-on-one with receivers coach Ben Cahoon, how he determines his depth chart on a day-to-day basis. Plus Blaine Fowler on his number one outlook at the midway point of BYU football training camp and a last-second change to today's 10-10 and as a notable defender goes down with an injury. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play from the Studio Bizzle. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, August 10th. Hope you're enjoying your day wherever and however you are dialed in. It's great to have you with us. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who enjoys ruffling feathers, Jerem Jordan. I've always wondered if that's a real thing for people who deal with chickens or things that have feathers. Like, now don't go ruffling the feathers. Don't go ruffling them feathers before we get to the chickens and the eggs. I'm like, is that just a manner of speech or is that an actual thing? Either way, you enjoy it, right? I suppose I do. <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> Taking it in stride. Yeah. I can, I can dig it. Yeah. Okay. BYU football with Kalani Satake. This is good news. Pay attention. Has been a weekly radio show, and it will now become a weekly national simulcast on radio and BYU TV beginning Tuesday, August 22nd. The show will air at 8 Eastern time. Will obviously feature Coach Kalani Satake, a BYU football player, and an in-studio audience of around 250 fantastic BYU fans, including questions from those fans. This is very exciting. This has been a tremendous program that's been on for a lot of years. It was with Bronco Mendenhall, with Kalani Satake. This is going to include basketball season, BYU basketball, Dave Rose as well. This is very cool. Uh, It's been on the radio. It's been awesome. We're going to put it on TV now, baby, Tuesday nights exposure and more of it the host of the show is a man who is often behind the mic well now he's going to be in front of the camera on tuesday nights greg rebel joins us on the deseret first credit union hotline first of all greg we're really excited congratulations on the show what can fans expect on a weekly basis from byu football with head coach kalani satake well jeremy spencer thank you and good morning and yeah I, i'm super excited as well to uh uh, bring this, uh, you know, this this broadcast, which has been on radio for so many years, to now a uh, wider TV audience. Having it on BYU TV and BYU Radio simulcast each week is great news for the fan base. What you can expect is a lot of what you've had in the past, and that's uh, that's the coach's personality, interaction between the coach and the fans, uh, player guests, in which you learn a lot, a lot more about the guys you see uh, playing on Saturdays. What we're doing is uh, is amping up the production value. We do studio C. We probably double our studio audience size by bringing it into our studio C. And then we have access to all of the great technological and uh, and talent improvements that are in the BYU broadcast building. And so it's it's thrilling news. And again, just uh, super serving the BYU fan base out there. I'm excited for August 22nd. I'm excited to be hosting. I'm excited to have. Uh, Jerem Jordan producing it, and again, I think fans are going to love this new version of a BYU football with Kalani Satake. It's going to be awesome, and having listened to the show for years, I think we're just going to keep that vibe going on BYU TV. Kalani is awesome. We're going to have a player in studio, and then, Greg, we've talked a, a lot about this as well. There's going to be questions from fans in the studio, as well as from Twitter. That interaction is going to be a fun part of the show. 
And, and that's one of the great things about this is Cougar Nation truly is a national uh, thing. And, and we're going to have uh, comments from uh, really across the country as, as we go national on BYU TV and coast-to-coast on Sirius XM 143 with BYU Radio. And I hope that, you know, fans, when they're, when they're in town from out of t- at town, on a Tuesday night, think about uh, getting seats for Studio C and coming in and, and seeing the show. Uh, fans will still be able to get seats the way they used to. Uh, they'll go to byucougars.com slash sitake show, and that seat request link will open up. The plan, I think, right now, Jeremy, is to open it up on, on a, at 11 a.m. on the day before the show. So 11 a.m. on the Monday before the Tuesday show, that link will open up, and those seats will fill up, and then we'll see a big and lively crowd in Studio C Tuesday night for the live show at 6 o'clock Mountain and 8 o'clock Eastern every Tuesday during the football season. Yeah, all part of Super Tuesday, which will include a re-air of BYU Sports Nation at 6 p.m. Eastern, a new episode of After Further Review featuring Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan, guys talking football, X's and O's, followed, of course, by BYU football with Kalani Satake, hosted by Greg Rebel. Greg, we know that uh, you're about to get on a plane and go to Oklahoma and call a, a women's soccer match, so no rest for the weary, man. Excited to announce this show, but uh, safe travels to Oklahoma, and we'll be listening on BYU Radio. Well, thanks, guys. It's a great time of year. Uh, the seasons are underway. The travel is underway. Soon, uh, our first BYU football with Kalani Satake show will be on the air, and that'll be Tuesday, August 22nd. I couldn't be more excited. Uh, thanks for having me on to talk about it, and uh, go Cougars. You got it, Greg. Safe travels. Thanks. Greg Rebell, the host of the next version of National Simulcasting featuring BYU TV Sports. Listen, Super Tuesday is going to be awesome. 6 Eastern, BYU Sports Nation re-air. 7 Eastern, as you mentioned, after further review. And then 8 Eastern, the BYU football with Kalani Sataki show. Again, this will go into basketball, too. The, the bye week, we don't have a show, but we're going to have a Tuesday night, 8 Eastern show, football or basketball, starting August 22nd, ending late February. All Woo! part Let's of our go. plan to take over the world. So far, so Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football resumes practice today following a walkthrough and a lift session yesterday. The team will scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this evening. Watch our post-scrimmage coverage tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page, Facebook Live interviews, and our all-access practice report. Several Cougars in the NFL preseason games tonight, including Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, Colby Pearson, and the Packers taking on Philadelphia tonight in the first preseason game for those clubs. Team Barber, John Denny, and <laughs> not tight end, Mitch Matthews, with the Miami Dolphins, face Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. Bronson Kafusi, Robertson Daniel, and DeAndre, DeAndre Wesley of the Baltimore Ravens play the Washington Redskins tonight as well. And don't forget Super Bowl champion Kyle Van Noy and rookie Harvey Longy of the New England Patriots. They will take on the Washington Redskins tonight. And we're not done yet! Kainakua, Cleveland Browns take on the Saints. So it is a busy night for Cougars in the NFL. I'm so excited to watch these guys get their shot. Yeah. It is cutthroat to the max with these preseason games. And the 53-man slim down is until after the final exhibition game, I believe. So we're going to have a few, you know, up to four weeks of these guys trying to make the team, get in the preseason games to see what they can do. Good news. If you can't watch all of those games, just watch BYU Sports Nation tomorrow because we have you covered. Right. The Polynesian College Football Player of the Year watch list announced this morning. Five BYU footballers on the list. Francis Bernard, 
Tooney Knuch. Happy birthday, Tooney. Corbin Kafusi, mm-hmm. Moroni Lao Lepututau, and last but not least, Butch Pau. The Polynesian uh, yeah, college football player of the year is awesome. Uh, that's a kind of a newer thing. Obviously, BYU has a lot of those. That's great. Women's volleyball, ranked number 10 in the ABCA preseason poll. 10? What? That's fantastic. Five of the Cougars' opponents this season are also ranked, including West Coast Conference team San Diego, which BYU have two games against. So right now, six games slated against those five top 25 opponents. Solid. Cougars at the PGA Championship. Daniel Summerhays currently tied for 55th. Four over par in the first round, and honorary Cougar Tony Finau tied for 17th at even par at golf's final major of 2017. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We want some Mo Longy. When Mo wants to go, he usually goes wherever he wants, and so that's the goal is to try to teach him to do that every time. But where will Mo Longy go this year as a member of the BYU football team? Now, whether you like it or not, one of the biggest stories of BYU football training camp centers on the biggest man in camp, Motikiai Taukolo Longi. Big Mo listed at six foot seven inches, four hundred ten pounds. That's a liberal weight. And again, he's in the spotlight. You can thank Ziggy Ansa for this because of and what Paulusike. because and Paulusike. Because of what they did, there is this extended belief and hype for Mo. No, he's not going to be Ziggy, entirely different player, but the nostalgia and history of no. guys like Ziggy and Paul Asike add intrigue to Mo's situation. If you have an international fan base, which BYU does, let's get some international players in here, which BYU has done with Ghana and New Zealand. Johnny Linehan's a starting punter. And here comes... Mo Longy. This, this is fantastic. We've talked about him for a long time. And today we actually wanted to dive into what we think could happen this year, which is actually our Twitter question today. What are your expectations for Mo Longy this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN at YFangirl underscore JB. No real expectations for Mo this season. However, when he takes the field, I do not expect the fans. Oh, I do. I do. Excuse me. Expect the fans to lose their minds. <laughs> Every time in practice he makes a play. The defense goes crazy, and it's a very supportive thing. Like, we know you're learning the game. We're going to affirm you so that you keep working hard, keep going. I think BYU fans are all in on the success of Malangi because he's this kind of, like, mythical figure in BYU football. Like, we've been <laughs> waiting for Maui to come home from his mission, if you will. You're welcome. <laughs> what do we know? What have we learned? Okay, yes, he's enormous. He had no formal football training before he got to BYU. And thanks to interviews from coaches and his teammates, we learned he pushed a 45-pound weightlifting plate up and down a 100-yard field for essentially the first week or so that he was in Provo. He's learning quickly. He's become a sensation for BYU Sports Nation. And, yes, he's going to play. Those are the words from the coaches. They want to get him on the field in some capacity this year. Now, I thought that redshirting him might be an option. No, he's playing, man. He's getting some reps at defensive line, but he is a starter at, in PAT and PAT, PAT block at right guard right now. I mean, he, they, they are not, they're not bringing him in slowly per se in terms of the reps. Like the first time BYU scores a touchdown against Portland State, you're going to see Malangi in the game. 
because he's in on PAT and PAT block. They're putting him in right now. And it works to BYU's advantage. We need to get Ed Lamb in here and ask him about he's a little busy right now. how Mo Longy fits in <laughs> in that special teams execution. Okay, in terms of what we expect, I'm setting the over-under in terms of actual tackles as a defensive lineman at three and a half. And likely like those real three and low. a half will happen in the back half of the schedule. Portland State, UMass, name your lowly Mountain West Conference team after that, whatever. My expectations are really low because Mo Longy learned what the sideline means, what that word is, where that is, last week. I, I, he's barely played football. We and saw that, him in a three-point stance for the first time ever last week. And physically, obviously, he is massive. But I, I'm, from a technical standpoint, you could be an incredible athlete. It takes you time. Ziggy Ansah took him two and a half years, two and a half years to get some serious run, Okay. Molongi is going faster than this, but I'm not like, dude, he's going to get rack up like 20 tackles, a couple tackles. for. The-. I'm telling you, my over-under is three and a half tackles on the season as a freshman. I'm going to give him a chance to figure it out. His teammates are paying attention to what he's doing, including one of the star linebackers, Butch Powell. See him in the weight room. He benches 365 like it's 225, and he'll do that 10 times, and then he'll get up and he'll just start smiling. That's why Mo will get on the field, because his strength is incredible. If he's benching 365 like it's 225 for the other football players, that's a force to be reckoned with. Obviously, a lot of raw strength there. And he goes where he wants to go, according to head coach Kalani Satake, who also added this about Mo Longy. I think his body's getting in better shape, and you know we're hitting the weight room hard, and so I think he's getting a little bit more confidence with his technique and um, – yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right now, it's limited to how much he's going to contribute, but that continues to grow more and more. The the more practices we have, I expect Mo Longy to make a contribution, limited according to Kalani Satake, and not a surprise. But he will see the field, and I expect him to thrive off of the energy that he feels when he's in the stadium, and that will motivate him. Yeah. To want to get how, on the field some more. How much can he play? How how uh, good a shape is he in? The, I mean, limited use at this point. But by like his junior and senior year, I imagine that he could be a force to be reckoned with. Wills, I, I want to see him grow and see where he's at, see what he can learn technically. But obviously, he has a unique place in the history of BYU already, whether he plays or not, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. At 410 pounds, that's what he's listed at, Molangi is the largest player listed on the BYU all-time roster. Again, that's a liberal weight for Molangi. And weight is a big thing in football. Like, it's, it'd kind of be weird if people were asking me my weight every day. But if you're a male athlete in college, like, it's listed publicly. Kind of like a salary for a public figure in the NFL or whatever. Like, we know what Dennis Pitta was making. We know what Ziggy Ansah makes. It's the livestock yeah. show. Just see the NFL draft combine. Yeah. Those that have been involved have said, they yeah. They heard him in there like, like animals. Right. Yeah. So is he 4'10 right now? I don't know. I have no idea. I think that was pre-mission, to be honest. We were told that he gained weight on his mission. I don't know how much he weighs. I don't even really care as long as he can get in the backfield and block well on PATs and whatnot. Or make a one-arm tackle. On a, <laughs> like he did. On a big dude like Kavika Fanua. That was impressive, dude. That was impressive. <laughs> that wasn't Le- KJ Hall. That was Kavika Fanua. Might have been his offhand, bro. Left hand, <laughs> boom. Wow. 
Mo Longy, what are your expectations for the wonder of the BYU football team? The Maui. The Maui. I've called him the Bigfoot of BYU sports. He is the Maui. How we've treated the whole situation is very Bigfoot-like. You mentioned you expect him, once BYU gets in the end zone against Portland State, to get on the field for extra points. For the PAT. That'll be his debut. And that's not very far away. Countdown to the Vikings. 16 days. 16 days. Wow. Tomorrow's our quinceanera for BYU football? It's only fitting that it's 16 days away when we have a former number 16 on the show coming up. It's the only talkie-talkie as well, number 16, baby. Blaine Fowler on on why his outlook for BYU football at the midway point of training camp, or what is his outlook, I should say, rather, plus two-on-one with receivers coach Ben Cahoon. Who's the number one receiver in camp, and how does he get to the top of the list? Stay with us. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio, our national, nay, worldwide conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN whenever you feel like it. We announced it last segment, exciting news, BYU Football with Kalani Satake, the radio show will now also be a TV show starting August 22nd, hosted by the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. I personally am excited to be involved in this uh, program behind the scenes. Tuesday nights, 8 Eastern time, a part of Super Tuesday, 6 Eastern, BYU Sports Nation's rear, 7 Eastern after further view, 8 Eastern, BYU Football with Kalani Satake. We're calling it Super Tuesday every Tuesday throughout the fall and the football season. Three hours of awesomeness on BYU TV. It's going to be great. The touch of the Jerem's hand behind the scenes. There, listen, there are lots of producers that do a lot here. I just happen to be one of them. <laughs> a lot of people do a great job. So. Hey, there's a reason that people like Countdown to Kickoff, right? And after further view, and BYU Sports Nation, and live games. And Jerem, Jerem Jordan. It's, yeah, people are like, man, is it busy now? We're like, yeah, but it's the fun part. It's the reason we're here. Absolutely. It's awesome. What are your expectations for Mo Longy this season? At CL underscore living tweets, and I expect a fourth down and goal defensive stop. Hashtag fourth and no Mo. <laughs> Takes on a whole new meaning, right? Yeah. Yeah. We talked a lot about Mo's height and weight. And our next guest brought up a fantastic point. If we are going to be equal in all things, and we're on TV, we should list our height and weight whenever we come on TV, right? That's only fair to the athletes if, if we do that as well. Blaine Fowler who is a very, very slimmed down and toned buff, <laughs> no. 5 feet 11 inches. Get your, yeah, let's get your digits. 205 there. pounds. I have 11, 205. By the time the first game comes around, I need to be 195, or I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the whole game. <laughs> 16 days. I'm trying to play my way into shape this month, and I'm trying to get down to 195. So, and, and I'm, I'm listing my weight honestly. I'm 205 right now. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It just looks right when it pops out that little graphic. Yeah, and should, pops we up should. On the Why shouldn't we share it, right? Blaine Fowler, 5'11, 205. If I saw that, I'd be like, oh, are you a safety? Yeah, I could be a safety. You could be a safety. I'm an okay quarterback size, but I should be like three inches taller. Yeah. And 
like Tanner right now, Tanner's Mangum's weighing about 220 right now. And he is a good-looking 220. I think he slimmed down a little bit yeah. from the spring. They he, ran more Yeah, he Yeah, he looks really, really yeah. good at that weight. So it's funny because we always talk about that. He looks good at 220, or he should be five pounds less. And it's just open forum on athletes' height and weight. So yeah. why not us, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, when you look so, at Jerem Jordan, we say, you know, strong yeah. safety for Blaine Fowler. Jerem Jordan listed at uh, six feet, 173 pounds. Yeah. What uh, What do you think of when that's when that I, pops up on think, the screen? I think field goal kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I think way too skinny receiver. I think field goal kicker for Couple sure. of field goal kickers here in yeah. Studio B. Is there anyone that's six foot one seventy on the roster? I'm looking that up. Yeah, there's a, I'm, I'm sure there's a wide up. receiver that's, that's that size. Who's six feet one seventy? Who's the closest? You're bigger than Coy. You're taller. Okay, Coy is 5'10", 175. Yeah. Okay. Coy does not weigh more than me. The, the, yes, he does. It. Yes, there's he does. It. There's no one on the roster. Who's listed at less than 175? Corey Detmer Jr., Keenan Ellis, D'Angelo Gunter, KJ Hall, all at 175. Hey, I can play cornerback, right? Yeah. So you could play corner. What, what's Spencer listed at? Spencer? Six feet, 170. 170. Yeah, you could play corner, I'm but you'd be a, you, they, you would be constantly trying to put weight on. Like when when I came to BYU, I was like 175 pounds, and it was like, if I'm going to go out there and get smacked around by big guys, I need to put on more muscle weight. So I would. My whole career, Robbie and I, Robbie Bosco and I were roommates, and we would talk about we got to go eat some more and we got to lift some more. We've got to get more weight on, or we're just going to get killed out there. So it's this constant battle to put it on. So here I am, thirty something years later, and it's like I, I really need to lose ten to get to my point. <laughs> yeah, no one else says this, but athletes. I need to gain. I need weight. to gain weight. Yeah. I've got to eat more. <laughs> I mean, some people, but not many. And we would talk. We, you know, the trainers and the coaches, they'd be like, "You need to eat more," and you'd go. Gosh, I'm already eating so much, I feel like I can't put another thing in my mouth. Well, then you need to get some protein powder because you need to put yeah. some weight on Peanut butter and jelly in that's the middle. Good. Now, that's not the case with Mo, though, because he needs to lose some. He needs to lose some. Well, the sheer size of Mo Longy has put him in the spotlight. I mean, you see him, and it's wondrous. The first you're just like, wow. I, you know, you expect him to be big, and then you see him, you're like, he's bigger than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Six, seven, 410 pounds is what he's listed at right now. Yeah, not right. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I'm 205. His right calf is 205. <laughs> so there's at least 410. He, uh, let's, let's just say he's at least 4'10". At least 410. Yeah, he's at least 410. What are your expectations what? for yeah. him, Blaine? So he has times in practice when, and you, you know, everybody heard the, the audio clip from Kalani, where he just decides he's had enough and he's not happy or he's just a little bit mad or aggressive, and he just takes people and throws them around like rag dolls. And then uh, he picks them up like we just saw yeah, in that clip. But, but, so here's the thing. He, two things that he's got to get better at if he's going to be a big-time contributor. The first is he's got to understand leverage and be really, really better with his hands. So he's got to keep people at 6'7". He's got to be able to keep people from getting to his legs and cutting them. Because it doesn't matter if you're 700 pounds. If you get cut, you're cut. You're on the ground. And so he's got to get better with his hands. He's unbelievably strong. So if he gets good with his hands, he's going to be able to push people into the ground when they come after his legs, and he's going to be able to stay upright. So that's the first thing. Hands have to get better. The second thing is he's got to get an aggressive mindset. Every great interior lineman, whether it's on the offense or defensive side, has a little bit of an edge to him, and not necessarily off the field. There have been plenty of guys that outside that white line, you go, oh, they're the nicest guy in the world. And when you talk to teammates of Mo, they go, my gosh, he's so nice. It's unbelievable. I, I think God did that with big, big people to kind of level the playing field out there. <laughs> so when you're that size, he just makes them nice by nature so they don't kill people. And he's unbelievably nice by nature. But yeah. that doesn't mean he can't train himself to step inside of that line 
and turn into a madman. He's got to be a little bit crazy out there. I remember when Kellen was playing, he came home from practice one day. I said, how did practice go? He goes, fine, except for Ray Fanga punched me in the face. I go, like, you had a helmet on, right? He goes, yeah, it was, like, stupid. He punched me in the face mask. I go, well, why did Ray do that? He goes, I don't know. That's just what Ray does. Ray used to be my neighbor. When when he gets inside the line, he just wants to punch somebody in the face. Now, Ray, he was your neighbor. He's a really nice guy off the field. Get him on the field, he turns into a little bit of a madman. Mo has an unbelievable example of how to do that on the coaching staff, and his name is Kalani Satake. Kalani is the nicest person you will ever meet. I remember when Kalani played. Get him inside the white line, and he wanted to dominate out there. He could be an angry, mean person on the field. So if Mo can get just a little bit of that to go with better utilization of his hands, technique with his hands, he, he can go wherever he wants to go, as Kalani says. So he can be really, really good. So those, those are two things. He's got to change mentally a little bit to get an edge to him, and he's got to be good with his hands. And then what? Well, then who are you going to put in front of him? He's going to be able to knock whoever is over him four yards into the backfield if he wants to. He's unbelievably naturally strong. The untapped potential is what is pretty exciting. Pretty fun. And it's his freshman year. Speaking of untapped potential, uh, Matt Bushman. We have yet to see this guy playing a game in a regular season, but last week you came on this program and said he's the real deal the more we go to practice and watch him we agree yet I'm a little afraid to kind of heap this he's the next Dennis Pitt expectation on him or is that fair Blaine at this point well I'm the next Dennis Pitt that's pretty lofty <laughs> the next so, Andrew George so we say even, right? I, I think he looks like those guys at this point okay and so when they were freshmen or even sophomore football players the skill set looks just like them you know I, he He's so smooth. His hands are so soft. He has a real good concept of where he is in space in the defense and where to find the soft spots. He catches everything. He runs so easy and free. So he looks just like Dennis Pitta at this stage. Now, Dennis Pitta produced. So Dennis had all of those characteristics in terms of body type, feel for the game, soft hands and all that. Then he would go out on the field, and on third and six, he was money. And so is, is Matt going to be that guy? He can be that guy. Dennis but, was not as a freshman. He was no. as a well, sophomore. And Dennis was, Dennis was yeah. lighter than Matt at this same stage. Um, Dennis looked more like a wide receiver as a freshman. Yeah. You know, and, and as a sophomore, a little bit, little bit bigger, a return missionary. So he's a little bit bigger at the same point in his eligibility than Dennis was. But when you watch him, you just, it just puts a huge smile on your face because you look at him and go from a skill set perspective – this guy could be big time. So he's got to stay healthy. He's got to get a little bit stronger because right now, um, I wouldn't say, oh, he's going to be a dominating blocker on, the, on a line of scrimmage. He's the kind of guy that can be a combo player, though, that can play every down at tight end, play at tight end in the run game, be a dominant pass receiver in the pass game. But that's going to, that, that, you know, good blocker is going to come with more strength and more time in the program because I think he can put on another 20 pounds over his career. Speaking of weight. Yeah, so, but you want to put it on slowly because you don't want to take away from how fluid he looks running pass routes. Because right now he's a, a mismatch for people. He's so long, he understands body positioning. If he has a defensive back on his back and the quarterback throws it away from the defensive back, he understands how to position his body and get those long arms out there. You try to strip it, and he's so strong with his hands, you can't strip the football away. That reminds me of Chad Lewis. So I'm throwing out a lot of big-time names now. Man. So when, when you cover Chad – um, it's impossible one-on-one if the quarterback throws the ball in the right spot. If he throws it away from the defender, Chad's going to catch the ball. I feel like these quarterbacks right now are feeling that way about Bushman. Like, well, if he's got one guy on him, if I put the ball in the right spot, he's still going to catch the ball. 
Well, that's a nice thing to have if you're a quarterback, right? Absolutely. And Ben Cahoon in our conversation coming up in the next segment tells us why the tight ends maybe get a little more love from the quarterbacks sometimes and what his receivers can do. That's coming up. What's your overall outlook at essentially the midway point of BYU football training camp, just assessing the team as a whole? So the defense is about exactly where I thought they would be. They're good. I thought they were going to be good. They're strong where I thought they were going to be strong. The linebackers are, are really good, very, very talented. The D-line is a bunch of kind of no-names that are all solid, and you can rotate eight or nine guys through. And the secondary, deep at corner. I think the one surprise for me is they're deeper at safety than I thought they were. There's four guys at safety that can play. Um, and so the defense is what I thought they were going to be. The offense is ahead of where I thought they would be at this point. Like last Saturday's scrimmage was case in point. You know, Kalani came right out and said, man, the offense won today. That's against a good defense. So the defense that they're playing against when the ones are going against the ones matches up with almost every defense they play this year. So the fact that they're moving the football, they're working inside the hashes, this offense to me is a little bit ahead of where I thought they would be right now. And maybe it's because the tight ends and the running backs are catching the ball well right now. Blaine, last night you were featured on Behind the Mic, the second episode with Greg Rebell, along with assistant coach for the men's basketball team as we transition a little bit, Heath Schroyer. And he said fans are going to see a very different team this year. I want to get your reaction on this in just a second. Listen to this. I think they're going to be really surprised. I think that um, I think we're going to be. I think I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to play different. Um, I think we're going to be more efficient on both sides of the ball. We're going to play different. What in the world does Coach Schroyer mean by that, Blaine? Well, on offense, it's obvious because Eric Meek is not there, so they're not going to play through the post, which was a departure from the way they've played in the past, anyhow. So I think they go back to playing um, through the guard line, uh, which is fine. This team can really shoot. But when he says they're going to be more efficient on both sides of the ball, they're going to demand that they take better shots, so not bad shots, especially late in games where they're going to be sitting on the bench next to Heath and Dave Rose and the gang. Um, But defensively, I think you're going to see a mindset. Dave Rose brought Heath in with, with one thing in mind, and that is Heath will bring an edge we talk about the edge that Molani needed to ha- needs to have defensively, that alignment needs to have. You have to have that edge defensively in basketball. The two best teams in the in the conference last year in the in the WCC were Gonzaga and St. Mary's. They were both outstanding defensive teams. You think about Gonzaga and how skilled they were offensively. They could lock down a team down the stretch and get stops. That's something BYU could not do. So I think Heath is going to bring an edge to the defense. He's already got these guys' attention within individual workouts. The emphasis from start now to finish is going to be we're going to get stops in critical times in the game, and we're going to be more efficient on defense. And you don't have to be phenomenal athletically to play great defense. St. Mary's isn't any better athletically than BYU is, and they play very good defense because they're smart and they play good team defense. I think that's what we're going to see when when Heath says we're going to be surprised – I think we're going to be surprised at how much better they are defensively. And I also think when he says they're going to be surprised, everybody just got him slotted number three in the league. Uh, you know, Gonzaga's always going to be right there competing in, in, in the championship, and St. Mary's has got every, you know, everybody back for the most part. So those two teams everybody's got on one level, and they say, well, BYU would be right behind that. Maybe what he's talking about is if they can play lights-out defense and they have enough talent and they're going to be a good enough shooting team, that maybe they do compete for a championship this year, even though Eric Mika is gone. And to do that, they're going to have to play great defense, and I think he expects them to do that. Now, he's worked on the psyche a lot already, and I can sense that that has made a big difference for a lot of the players on an individual basis. Heath is a lot like Kalani Satake, and Heath can turn it on. So he is a really nice guy, but you put him on the floor as a coach and he will get into guys and demand excellence from those guys. And he coaches with a little bit of an edge. 
And maybe that's something that this, this group of guys needed. And I think Dave Rose saw that and said, you know what? Who can I bring in that has that edge? And the first thing that came to his mind was, you know what? Let's get Heath back here because the teams that we had when he, pl- when he was here coaching before always had that defensive edge to him. Yep. Culture change. The five foot eleven inch, two hundred five pound dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. It got to be one ninety five by the opener. Sixteen days. Okay, oh, sixteen. Can, 16, 16 you, wore, days. you wore number sixteen, Blaine. Sixteen days away. Day. Can this I do? Can day. I do ten pounds in sixteen days? Let's say by LSU. Can I? Can I have till LSU to get to my <laughs> twenty three days? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, po- that's fine. We're overlooking Portland State, so we'll overlook. The can fact, we overlook yeah. him and give yeah. me three weeks yes. to get to one ninety five? Yes. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. That's what we'll do. I'm wondering if you're the guy we're tweeting out later today. Ooh, numbers. If you're not, don't be mad because I don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just set me up, and now you're probably going to do Ronnie Jenkins. Dang it. Ronnie Jenkins should be the it's guy. Probably right? going to be Ronnie. Yeah. Well, we can't do me. We have to do Ronnie. <laughs> I think the video's been edited. Dang it. it okay. I'm told, I'm okay I'm told it is Ronnie. Okay, well, see, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Dude, if you did anybody other than Ronnie, I would have been really offended. <laughs> Wait, so if we did. <laughs> well, you could have done Kellen. Kellen started for two years. Oh, he was 16. You could have done Kellen. Uh, yeah. Kellen probably started more games than Ronnie did. I don't know. There you go. But Ronnie's a good choice. Plug for the Fowler family. Ronnie's a Let's good get choice. Get all the Fowlers in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Gavin's Blaine, Blaine's doing too. his darndest to get them all in. So. Love it. Blaine, <laughs> great stuff, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your expectation tweets for Big Mo Longy. Jeremy will reveal his top 10 defensive players BYU will face this season, including a notable injury from a big team. But first, two-on-one with receivers coach Ben Cahoon. Brendan Gaskins at 16. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand for your convenience anytime, anywhere. And tonight at 8 Eastern time, we'll be live with uh, coaches and player interviews after practice, a scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight. Uh, So we'll have that live uh, as well as a recap. 8 Eastern time is when it starts on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Talked to Ty Detmer yesterday. He said that he enjoyed what the receivers did along with the quarterbacks in the first scrimmage. What will they do in scrimmage number two tonight? You will hear all about it during our interviews and all-access coverage from the post-scrimmage on Facebook Live. And speaking of receivers, who are the top guys catching the ball? And which receiver reminds receivers coach Ben Cahoon of himself if anyone at all. We are two-on-one all-access with the wide receivers coach, Ben Cahoon, one of the great Canadians of all time from football training camp. Ben, Ty Detmer went on record last week and said, look, the wide receivers, those guys really aren't household names, but they will become household names uh, so far in camp. Who is on the quickest path to becoming a household name in your mind? (laughs) Well, we'll be household names for good or for bad regardless um but we've got a great group they're working their tails off and uh we're getting better i think we're we're in real good shape we still got lots to improve on to be ready for that first game to answer your question you know i think there's a handful of guys i think there's uh talent shumway is maybe the most reliable right now um bo tanner's had a great camp he's speedy he's catching everything um and uh Neil Powell, probably the surprise of the camp. Just a real good feel, great savvy with his routes, and, and uh, very, very good hands. Let's talk about Neil because not a lot of people know him. Younger, brother of Butch, right? And uh, freshman, kind of where has he come on? How has he come onto the scene, I guess? We played quarterback in high school and came here and wanted to play receiver. 
Um, so we weren't we weren't really sure, you know, if he was going to turn into a good receiver or not. But man, he's sure um, been a pleasant uh, pleasant surprise and and uh, running some great routes and turning guys around and and I think I think he's caught everything thrown his way this camp. Did you learn that from you? That's that's a welcome sight, I think, right? I wish I could take credit. He's got some natural feel and some natural wiggle and shake to him. Um, so uh, it's just been more times than not, we're pointing him out and, and telling guys to run it like him. There you go. Who among your receivers remind you of yourself? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's short and slow enough. <laughs> <laughs> we got fast guys. We got some short guys, but they're fast. But um, really, nobody. We got we got guys that are much more talented than I was. I don't believe you. Describe <laughs> degri- describe the kinds of receivers in uh, among the group. There's you know all, all kinds of different guys, but what kinds of receivers are in your wide receiver core this year? We got tall guys, big guys, and we got short guys and speedy guys. So for the most part, the tall guys are not our burners, but um, some of the shorter guys can can move. Man, they can really cover some real estate, and um, you know it's going to be fun to watch. You know, they, I think we complement each other really nice. I think um, we've got some quickness and speed that, you know, is is rare at BYU. So um, hopefully we can utilize that and connect with, with some of those guys and stretch the field. How comfortable are your guys understanding the scheme and the playbook right now? More comfortable than we were this time last year. They've been in it, you know, a year and a half, two years, and... Um, we're working on details and execution more than just installing and just knowing where to line up and, and what route to run. So we're working on, um, you know, the technique and the manipulating a DB and, and, and the nuances of the position instead of just getting in the right spot. How much of the playbook is more advanced or added to from year one to year two where a tight end were, okay, I'm not a new offense coordinator, I feel comfortable in this. So how, how much more advanced does it get, if at all, in year two? There are some tweaks it's more just nailing down the um, assignments and, and it's getting in the right spot and, and less thinking so you're able to, to um, work your technique a little bit more. And That's been fun. I mean, there, there haven't been too many new plays and new tweaks. There have been some, but bottom line is we're just, we just got to do our job better than the other guys. And I think... I think we have a chance to do that. We've got mature guys, smart guys, and guys that are perfectionists, and, and um, that's what it's going to take. It's becoming clear that Tanner Mangum is the alpha male on offense. We ask any of your receivers, you know, how do you feel about the offense? Well, we feel good because of Tanner Mangum. What are you seeing from him as the wide receivers coach that gives you confidence that he's going to be able to deliver the ball to your guys on time? Just that. He's done that over and over and over. I mean, he's just really good at anticipating and getting the ball out on time and uh, it's our guy's job is just to try to make his job easy, as easy as possible, because he's got a real tough job. So we've got to be consistent with our routes and, and do things the same way so he can uh, predict and anticipate where we're going to be and how we're going to, be, how we're going to get there. Um, but, no, he's, he's big time, and uh, we realize that as he goes, we'll go. How do you defend a perfect timing route? Because we saw a couple of those today, and we were like, what do you do defensively? No, if, if you've got good location with the ball and good technique with your route, then it's hard to defend. You know, if we're coming back for balls and attacking balls and the ball's on time and it's, it's placed in a good location, then 
then uh, hopefully we've got good enough receivers to make plays. Have the tight ends helped this receiver group uh, in any way this fall camp? It seems like the tight ends are emerging at a higher level than maybe we've seen the last couple of years here. Well, we got some guys that can stretch the field vertically inside. Um, I think it's been motivation, motivational for us to to realize we got to fight for uh, to earn the trust of the quarterback. If we're going to get ours, we got to uh, do our job at a very high level. Otherwise, he's just going to take the easy throw to those big, tall guys that are slower and, <laughs> and more open sometimes. They're, they're doing a great job. Tight end's doing a great job. It's an easy throw, right. and sometimes, sometimes, you know, the temptation is just throw it to those big guys, those big bodies, and ignore that the guys that are outside. So we're fighting and clawing like crazy to to uh, make sure the quarterback knows we're open on the outside too. Two-on-one with wide receivers coach Ben Cahoon here at BYU Football Training Camp. You're a very even keel guy. Went into your career, the way you played, just you know, one day at a time, one play at a time. What gets you excited and amped up more than anything else that you see from your guys? Besides this interview. <laughs> I just love when guys make plays. When, when they incorporate coaching points into their game and it works and they have success and the light goes off, that just that gives me a thrill. Uh, I like coming to work every single day. Get to work with Ty Detmer. And this group of receivers is is just a, a dream. Okay, now you can tell us what you really think about tight end. Yeah, what do you receivers. really think? Okay. <laughs> so. Ben, thanks for the time, man. You bet. My pleasure, guys. The wide receivers coach, Ben Cahoon, gave us a new word, Jerem. Routesmanship. I told him that I would credit him with that, even though I'd wanted to steal that intellectual property. Ben Cahoon said that. It's a great word that we can use now. I like that we add things to our vernacular. Also, also yeah. a merit badge from the Boy Scouts of Routesmanship. America. Routesmanship, yeah. Yeah, if the wide receivers have instead a good geo- routesmanship. Yeah, instead of geocaching, they're going to call it routesmanship. We've learned havoc rate from Greg Rebel, mm-hmm. routesmanship from Ben Cahoon. Have we heard anything else that we like? Yeah, I like, adding, I like adding the word ability to anything you want. Downfield the ability. Downfield ability. The camera ability of our camera operators is <laughs> tremendously high. The host ability from you is excellent. <laughs> Does Mo Longy need his own word? The mobility. The mobility. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so bad. That's hilarious. So bad. Spence. Oh, you're my bud, Spence. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Jerem shares the top ten defensive players BYU will take on this season. And one player that won't be there because of a critical injury. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get your game day gear now. 16 days away. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. And starting August 22nd, it will be a part of Super Tuesday on BYU TV. The BYU Sports Nation rear at 6 Eastern. After further review at 7 Eastern. And the BYU Football with Kalani Satake show will be on BYU TV. If you missed it, we announced that today during the show at 8 Eastern time. Very exciting Super Tuesday starting August 22nd, all three of those shows. Expectations for Mo Longy this season. Go! At 86, W.I. Coog tweets in, one, learn the game. Two, get stronger. Three, get in shape. Anything more than this is for this year is gravy. He will be a bigger asset as a junior and senior. Agreed. Bigger in what way? Nice. Ah, yes. It's time, Jerem, that we go 10-10 with the top 10 defensive players BYU will face this season.
10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 and 10. Thumbs up, let's do this. Number 10, Andre Chassere, cornerback, San Jose State. Chassere had 14 passes broken up last season. That's really high. Number one in the Mountain West, eighth nationally. The Spartans were 19th in pass yards allowed. Watch out for Chassere when BYU plays there this year. Ask me if I'm worried about that game. Right. Nope. Number nine, Dallin Levitt, safety, Utah State. Remember this guy? If he was still at BYU, he'd probably be a starter here, but he transferred to Logan. He's the leading returning tackler on the team and pick man despite missing three games last year. Good for him. Number eight, <laughs> Dakota Dixon, safety, Wisconsin. Dixon had four picks, four breakups, 60 tackles on the back end of the Badger defense. Second leading returning tackler on the team on a good Wisconsin defense. Yeah, is he even the best defend, defensive player on that team? He's not. Number seven, Chase Hansen, safety Utah. The Lone Peak product had a team-high 90 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, nine breakups, four fumble recoveries, three picks last year. Really good. He's the leader on the back end for an always disruptive Ute defense. However, Hansen is out for an unspecified amount of time with an unspecified injury. Mm. I guess I should have unspecified where I put him in here. Number seven is probably worthy. He, he's worthy of the hype. Really good player. And who knows if he's going to play against BYU. We'll see. Number six, David Mulla, linebacker, Boise State. Eight and a half sacks last season to lead the Mountain West. Even Craig Thompson can appreciate that one. Oh. He had one against BYU, first team all league. You, you put Craig Thompson in there, so I stopped listening. I always do. Number five, TJ Edwards, linebacker, Wisconsin. Leading tackler on the nation's best scoring defense last season. Hello. Three sacks, three picks. He's as solid as they come out of Wisconsin, uh, uh, Madison. And he's not even the best defensive player on that team. More on that in a moment. Number four. Jelani Tavai'i, linebacker, Hawaii. 129 tackles last season. That was seventh nationally, seven sacks. 19 and a half tackles for loss. That was top 15. This guy's all over the field. He played in 14 games. That helps the stats. But Tavai'i is a baller. Let me get this straight. His last name is Tavai'i, and he plays for Hawaii. Perfect, right? Okay. Number three, Leo Lewis, the now sophomore. At Mississippi State, 79 tackles as a freshman. Four and a half tackles for loss for Mississippi State last year. He is the Cowbells' leading returning tackler. 12 tackles against BYU in Pro Bowl. Seven solo. Didn't he wear number 44 last year? I don't remember what number he. Yeah, either way, really good player. Thank you for that question. Number two, Lowell Lotilele, defensive line, Utah. Two-time, first team, all Pac-12. Of course you remember his older brother. Career eight and a half sacks, 18 tackles for loss guy. I think he's a first-round pick kind of guy. When all is said and done in the NFL, really tough nose tackle. Oh, the Utes have another first-round defensive lineman pick? That's weird. And the number one player, BYU will play defensively next season. Arden Key, linebacker, LSU. First-round talent, led the SEC in sacks last year, fourth nationally in sacks per game. He had shoulder surgery in the spring. He missed spring. He has missed fall camp. He has yet to practice. His status is unknown for the BYU game, which is LSU's season over. He's the number one guy on my list. Okay, so I'm noticing this trend of players in your top 10 list. Like, we're not sure that some of these guys will even play against BYU, and you can add another to that list. Okay, so Chase Hansen, Utah, we'll see. Injured, right? Arden Key, number one guy. Injured. Jack Sitchi, this morning we learned, tore his ACL in practice for Wisconsin. He he was number three on my list before the show. I, I took him out of the top 10 because... He's out for the season. He's done with Senior. a torn ACL. That's a bummer for us. I feel awful for him. Senior, I'm, I'm gathering he will apply for a medical redshirt and come back next year. Just a tough break for Wisconsin. Up next on BYU Sports Nation.
who's playing and where tonight in the NFL preseason for BYU football. You're going to want to know this. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rebell, Blaine Fowler, and Ben Cahoon. You can catch the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And coming up tomorrow, our two-on-one with safety Tanner Jacobson, Doug Kide from Nesson on the Patriots, Kyle Vanoy, and Harvey Longy. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Resumes practice today with a scrimmage at the stadium. Watch our post-practice coverage tonight, 8 Eastern time on the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Polynesian College Football Player of the Year watch list announced this morning. Five BYU guys, Francis Bernard, Tony Knuch, Corbin Kafusi, Moroni Laulu Pututau, and last but not least, Butch Pau. John Denny Cougars and Mitch... in the NFL. Yep, several Cougars in the NFL. Preseason games tonight, Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, Colby Pearson with the Packers. They play Philadelphia. Team Barber John Denny and not tight end Mitch Matthews with the Miami Dolphins face the Falcons. Bronson Kafusi, Robertson Daniel, DeAndre Wesley, Ravens versus Redskins tonight. Super Bowl champion Kyle Van Noy and his new teammate Harvey Longy of the Patriots face the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Kai Nakua with your Cleveland Browns take on the New Orleans Saints. Volleyball. Ranked 10th in the ABCA preseason poll. Top 10 team. Five of the Cougars' opponents this season are also ranked, including WCC foe San Diego at 22. Cougars in the PGA. At the PGA Championship, Daniel Summerhays is currently tied for 52nd at four over through 15 holes in the first round. And honorary Cougar Tony Finau currently tied for fourth. Watch out for those birds at two under par, those crows, through 16 holes of golf's final major of 2017. Cougars in the major leagues. I'm going to combine that with today's rise and shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need the most, DexterLaw.com. It goes to Taylor Cole. Made his major league debut for the Toronto Blue Jays last night. Struck out Aaron Judge. We don't need to talk about whatever else happened there. He struck out Aaron Judge's first major <laughs> league out. Well done, Taylor. What are your expectations for Mo Longy? Tweet in your responses. Hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to McKelly.